You are now listening to Wave a Sound. Welcome to episode 54 of Versus Mike History. I'm your host, Michael History. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you choose to listen. And if we are on your preferred platform, let us know and we'll do our best to change that. For premier access to Versus Mike History content, join our members-only subscription tier on VersusMikeHistory.com. I'm speaking as a black man from America, which is a racist society. No matter how much you hear it talk about democracy, it's as racist as South Africa or as racist as Portugal or as racist as any other racial, racialist society on this, on this earth. The only difference between it and South Africa, South Africa preaches separation and practices separation. America preaches integration and practices segregation. This is the only difference. They don't practice what they preach. Whereas South Africa preaches and practices the same thing. I have more respect for a man who lets me know where he stands, even if he's wrong than the one who comes up like an angel and is nothing but a devil. back for another episode of versus mike history it is your boy and it is good to be back um i'm not gonna lie and act like we have a bunch to get into this week but um there is some stuff that i do need to go over uh some new music dropped there were some cool movies and documentaries that also came out that i want to get into and um you know some notable things happened in the news this week so let's go ahead and get into some of the things that are currently uh, going on in the culture. And welcome to another episode. All right, family. So as always, we got to leave with love. Um, I want to take this time to shout out Kyle and the rest of the family at Triple Double Juice Company uh, in the East Orange, New Jersey. They have been um, gracious enough to allow me to conduct interviews there for the past however many months and um you know I just wanted to show my appreciation to those guys over there and um you know go get your smoothies and check out the back the black business and um you know support small businesses so shout out to these guys and let's go ahead and get into our black spotlight our black spotlight of the week goes to Maya Chaka, and Maya Chaka has made history as the first black woman to be an, a referee in the NFL. And I'm getting this from Black Enterprise, so bear with me. Maya Chaka has made NFL history as the first black woman to be named an official referee by the league. To, the Today Show reported that the Virginia Beach-based phys ed and health teacher has trained with the football league since 2014, and she was overjoyed to hear that her hard work landed her the job. Just because I've been at it for so long and I never thought the day would come, Chaka told the NBC Morning Show. Chaka got the phone call about the exciting news on March 1st. So shout out to this black woman, obviously exemplifying excellence in her field and getting everything that she deserves. Probably she probably deserved to be there earlier than now. But regardless, um, her hard work and effort has paid off. And um now she is a part of history. So shout out to this woman. And let's go ahead and get into our topics for today. 
All right, let's go ahead and get into our topics for the week. And let's start here with this one. Uh, new Morehouse College program encourages black men to complete unfinished degrees. And I'm getting this from NPR. More than two million black men who pursued a higher education never finished their degree. According to the U.S. Census Bureau, the reasons range from college affordability to family responsibilities to military service. Morehouse College wants to help them reach the finish line starting this August. The historically black men's college in Atlanta is offering an online program with reduced tuition for men who have already who already have some college credits. Morehouse College president David Thomas got the idea for the program while attending alumni events not long after starting the, his tenure there in 2018. Excuse me, guys. Uh, it almost never it almost never failed that someone will pull me aside and say, is there some way I can finish my degree? I feel this amazing connection to Morehouse. It did so much for me. But for one reason or another, they never actually got their degree. Thomas told NPR's All Things Considered. I think this program is actually wonderful, and I hope that um, people take the opportunity to um, complete their degrees and, you know, uh, move forward with uh, whatever career goals that they have, because um, having a having a degree opens so many doors um, that you otherwise have to, like, bust your ass to to get through. Um, not to say that it's impossible to get through these doors without a degree. It's just that um, getting it just makes it a little bit easier. So I think that uh, people who have um, started the process of getting it should definitely finish. And um, all in all, there's really no negative outcome of this program. Like, I don't see any downfall. And uh, I think it's beautiful. But let's go ahead and move on. I'm getting this from Revolt, and it looks like Eve is going to be joining Notori Naughton for a new hip-hop drama. Um, while it's been some time since her last musical body of work, Eve has been making plenty of appearances on the small screen, appearing in shows like Jane the Virgin, Empire, Happy Together, Feel Good, and Kidding over the past few years. In addition to the aforementioned small screen roles, Eve made appearances in top-level theater films as well, including XXX, The Woodsman, The Cookout, Bounty Killer, Animal, and The Ice Cubed-led barbershop series this week has been announced that the hip-hop legend will appear in a new series titled queens alongside 3lw alum notori Naughton. the show is written by zahir mcgee who's probably best known for his work on scandal Stumptown, and for the people and is centered around a group of 40 something women reunited decades after their glory days in a successful rap group eve will be playing the role of brianna also known as professor sex i think that sounds really cool um, I think it's cool that one Eve is getting back into acting um, on a regular basis because I do think that she is talented in in that uh, field as well as being a talented rapper. Um, but I always thought that she was like wonderful on screen. And Notori Naughton, I mean, her work speaks for herself. You know what I mean? Power. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think that. This is going to be a cool series. And, you know, we've never seen a series about a hip hop group, a female hip hop group. I don't think. And if if we have, then I mean, sorry, but this seems to be something that's uh, worth looking forward to. And I'm looking forward to it. But let's go ahead and keep it moving. So somehow I am back here talking about Jay-Z once again. 
because he has sold um, the majority of his stake in title to Square. And um, I just think that it's very interesting that Jay has made um, a bunch of these plays in uh, in recent time because it seems like he's gearing up to do something big. Um, Because you know that he's always been somebody that always thinks five steps ahead of everyone else, which is why he's in the position of being the <clears throat> first billionaire in hip hop. Uh, but I think that the move uh, is, is a great decision. And Jack spoke about wanting to create new opportunities for artists to create, uh, to monetize their, to, to monetize their art more and I think that it's a move in the right direction in terms of like all the things that Spotify has been implementing in terms of uh, being able to tip fans and things like that and especially in this era that we're moving into involving blockchain and um, non-fungible tokens and how creators will soon be able to create value for their art on their own is just all signs of things moving in the right direction for creators. Additionally, uh, this deal leaves artists who collaborated with Jay-Z on the initial launch of Title to uh, remain to keep their stake in the company as Square takes over all operations for Title, And people are kind of split on this on social media. I've seen, I think that it's a great decision because of all the opportunities it gives potentially to artists in terms of like making more money off of their music. But a lot of people are like, Oh, Jay-Z's selling off his black businesses to white corporations and yada, yada, yada. But at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about owning black businesses. It's about black people being in positions of of not living in poverty and not, you know, having a struggle. And somebody like Jay-Z, who is a literal billionaire, doesn't need to be running tons and tons of businesses. Like I just, I feel as though that somebody who's making that kind of money doesn't need to be at the helm of multiple companies. It's just not a responsible in terms of like how much you can balance per, like per business, but I'm ranting all in all. Um, I think that it'll create dope opportunities. Like I've said, and um, we'll see how it plays out in the future. And I wanted to wrap with our topics by giving recognition to the three actors or the two actors and the one actress who won at the Golden Globes. Um, so I wanted to give a shout out to Daniel Kaluuya, who won for his work in Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, I wanted to give a shout out to John Boyega, who won for his work um, in the miniseries that he was in. I can't remember the name of it. And I want to give a shout out to Andrew Day for 
being the first black woman to win best actress at the Golden Globes in 35 years for her work in um, the Billie Holiday film, the United States versus Billie Holiday. Uh, I think it's important that the Golden Globes continues to highlight um, black actors and actresses who have been doing amazing work. And I'm glad that Andrew Day has uh, received the award that she received because it is ridiculous that no black woman has won the award in 35 years. Like there are so many women who have been doing such amazing work in that span of time. But regardless of the fact we are here and um, I do need to go and head and watch the United States versus Billy holiday because you know, that's huge, but let's go ahead and get into new music and we got a couple new offerings. So, Coca-Cola tapped Tyler, the creator, to create a new song for a commercial of theirs, and it's called Tell Me How. Uh, Jacquees and Mulatto got a song called Freaky As Me. G Herbo dropped two songs, one called Break Yourself, the other called Really Like That. Uh, YNW Melly and Kodak Black got a song called Thugged Out. Mm, Cowboy Gang Gang, Cowboy Where Were You? J-Rock and C.S. Armstrong own two. Baby Keem. We get some new Baby Keem. Finally, no sense. We need a project from that young man. And um, that's about all I got. Other than that, of course, we got new Drake this week. Um, he gave us Scary Hours 2. And that consisted of three new records. Uh, What's Next? Once in Needs featuring Lil Baby. And, of course, the Lemon Pepper Freestyle featuring Rick Ross. And might I say that uh, Rick Ross and Drake don't miss. I know it's been said a lot on social media, but I felt I felt it necessary to say it again here. Because at this point, when two artists come together consistently to create hit records, or what I, consist, what I consider to be hit records, back to back to back to back, now the conversation turns to, well, these two might need to put a project out together. And that that's what the conversation is shifting towards with Ross and Drake. Because, you know, they make one hell of a pair. And, um, you know, they've never missed. And, yeah, that's pretty much it for music. Um I'm trying to think. Oh, yes, of course. How could I forget? Because I was going to put it at the end. Um, Bruno Mars and Anderson Pack have come together as Silk Sonic to put uh, to create an album. And they have released the first song off of that album. And it is called Leave the Door Open. And this song is actually quite actually beautiful and wonderful. And um, you guys will hear it at the end of the episode even though I'm sure you've guys heard it already, but, um, you know, this is the type of music that I live for. Like I love the oldies and the fact that innocent pack and Bruno Mars are tapping into that classic sound, um, just means that we're going to get some excellent music and it's the type of music that you want to be listening to when the weather is getting warmer and you going back outside and you starting to fraternize a little bit. So 
uh, shout out to those brothers. And let's go ahead and get into some television and movies. Okay, so I'm glad that <laughs> we can finally wrap this up because I'm tired of talking about this show here, to be perfectly honest. But WandaVision just wrapped up, and I have so many, so many opinions about this finale. I think that overall the show is uh, a good, I think that it was a good series, WandaVision, from, from top to bottom. But I do think that the creatives of the show and the producers and the actors all did a pretty shit job of keeping the expectations to um, a minimum in terms of what we should expect from this series. Because, you know, the Scarlet Witch has a long history in in the Marvel comics and there's a lot of directions you can take with the character. So with this series, we thought that we'd see a lot of new and interesting things that we haven't seen in the MCU in the past because of, um, you know, rights restrictions and things like that. But, you know, once Marvel got the rights back to the X-Men and, um, all of these other Fox characters that they um, had the, that they didn't have access to before, you would think that, you know, we would be moving in a very bold direction. Um, but, you know, it wasn't really that. It wasn't that. And the finale um, wrapped up the story that we were presented. And it did that. It did that pretty well. But it left so much to be desired in terms of questions that were raised and um you know while we were kind of sent in a carousel of of conspiracy theories for while we were allowed to sit in a carousel of conspiracy theories for weeks on weeks regardless um i think that the finale was cool the fact that uh and this is spoilers that we lose the kids um was really trash to me because I think that they should kind of develop those children, those children's characters a little bit more, even though we know the history of them in the comics. And if you don't, then go ahead and look that up. The uh, House of M uh, comic in Marvel Comics. Regardless, I'm rambling and um, I'm glad that it's, come to an end because you know there were a lot of theories and there are a lot of expectations created through those theories and now that the show has ended I can go back and watch and with a clear mind of what's going to happen and judge the series based on what it is rather than what I want it to be and um, let's go ahead and move on to the Biggie documentary so Netflix released a Biggie documentary called I Got a Story to Tell. And essentially this documentary um, follows Biggie's early life before really creating his first album and or in the process of creating his first album and the process and the time before that. And it talks about um, how his Jamaican roots and how he started becoming of age and moving on to Fulton Street in Brooklyn to sell drugs and um, 
you know, the multiple musical influences that led to him becoming the artist that he became. And it was very insightful. And I really enjoyed it because there's been so many Biggie documentaries. And I didn't think that it was going to be possible for us to see something new uh, pertaining to the artist. And we did because we saw a lot of behind the scenes footage that hadn't been released before. And we talked a lot about his life outside of being an artist, um, being in Brooklyn and how he essentially cultivated Junior Mafia and the personalities and the whole style of the group on his own. And he had so much ambition and his style was so unique to how everyone else was rapping at the time. And New York was just in such a slump, but I don't want to get too much. I don't want to get too deep into it because it really is a good documentary. And I think that Everybody should go check it out. So go ahead and watch Biggie. I got a story to tell on Netflix. And let's round out this section with Coming to America, the sequel. And I've got to say, you know, this was a really, really funny movie. And there was so much opportunity for Amazon and uh, whoever else produced this movie to get it wrong after 30 years because there's so much that's changed in terms of what's funny, what's acceptable to say that's <laughs> uh, in, a, in a film and um, how jokes translate over generations. But this film did all of those things really well and um, the story was really well cultivated. It wasn't cheesy well, it was cheesy, but it was cheesy in a good way. And it was definitely enjoyable because, you know, like I said, like usually when we get these reboots, they do them so wrong. And we even get a scene like that in this film where they talk about American entertainment and reboots and sequels and stuff like that. But all in all, it was a great movie. Leslie Jones was such a great addition to this cast. Um, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall are just as funny as they were in the original film, Tracy Morgan knocks it out of the park once again. And, um, you know, even James L. Jones was funny in this movie, but all in all, uh, great film. And I'm glad that it was done in such good taste. And yeah, that's pretty much all I got. All right, guys. So remember, as always, send topics, questions, music, and movie suggestions. Follow the podcast on Twitter at VS Mike History and on Instagram and the fan base app at Versus Mike History. You can follow me on Twitter at Mike History and on Instagram at Last Name History. And this week's sound selection comes from Anderson Peck and Bruno Mars, otherwise known as Silk Sonic. And this is Leave the Door Open. I'm sipping wine sip, sip. in a robe. I look too good, look too good. to be alone. Ooh. My house clean, house clean. my pool warm. Pool warm. Just